0: And welcome to Detention. Joining us this week for the sports edition of the Detention Podcast, we have Chase Young, Josh McDaniels, Daniel Jones, and James Harden. Love it. Whole good bunch of characters there. (laughs) Starting off with Cody, though, what's your joke this week?
1: Yeah, man. So gravity is in the Iowa offense are very similar in that they're a disappointment, you know, because they're always letting me down oh gotcha (laughs) i was gonna say how's gravity
0: disappointment but now i get you (laughs) gotcha well if it wasn't keeping you down
1: we'd be dead yeah no kidding all right well or floating somewhere floating somewhere just not down here true we're not floating down here
0: so starting off with football news i want to talk about the chase young trade that happened last week so the Washington Commanders reached an official trade deal for defensive end Chase Young to the 49ers. Uh, this reunites Young and his former Ohio State teammate Nick Bosa on the same team. Uh, the Commanders will receive of this trade a third-round pick for a former like first-round defensive end pick. I don't remember if he was second overall or something like that.
1: Yeah, he was Uh, high. Four
0: four years ago. Uh, But, yeah, after being with the commanders for four seasons, uh, having some issues with injuries, he is being traded for just a third-round pick, which seems a little bit slighted to him. Um, The commanders are also trading with that, uh, at the same time, Montez Sweat to the Bears for a second-round pick. So they're trading out their two best defensive linemen, Uh, for a second and fourth or third round pick.
1: Um, I was actually reading into this when the news came out because I was curious of what the trades were. Mm -hmm. And with Montres sweat, it makes sense because he has quite a high price tag Mm -hmm. that they're no longer going to be eating.
0: So True, his contract. He's been in the league for how many seasons now? Something like that.
1: Um, But it's going to be nicer for them because then they have that money to spend elsewhere. Yeah. And if you really look at what the commanders are doing, they are kind of rebuilding. Um, when I was reading about the Chase Young trade, though, they were saying, this isn't this somebody you want to use as a focal point? But if you actually really think about it, he's been injured probably more than he hasn't been. And when he's on the field, he's, yes. he's good. He's not great. Uh, Montez
0: Sweat has only been in the league since 2019. So this is going Four on years. his fourth, fourth yeah. year. So same as basically uh, Chase Young.
1: Yeah, so for me with the Montrez Sweat deal, I get that one more. Um, you're not really getting a great asset in return because I mean, yeah, second round picks are second round picks, so that's not that bad. But I would have liked some cash consideration. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how the deal worked, obviously. And then
0: I'm sure they'll just have to pay the remainder of whatever deal he was on, right? Which I mean, I couldn't find any. Uh, salaries for either one of these trades. So I'm assuming it's just based off of their previous salary on their former team, that they yeah. just pick up the, whatever the main balance is.
1: I don't know. I was looking at the numbers for Chase Young and it just doesn't seem like the best fit. Cause when you look at the 49ers now, you have Bosa on the edge. Mm-hmm. I don't know who their ed- other edge rushers. Is. Isn't it like Armistead or something like that? Armstead, who is supposed to be pretty good. So mm-hmm. I don't know where he's going to fit in that.
0: I think he's just coming in as rotation guy to keep it fresh, which I mean, to be honest is where you probably want chase young anyway. Yeah. I mean with the commanders, he was the starter guy, Mm -hmm. which has led to a lot of his injuries of him being on the field more times than I guess his body could possibly handle. So going to the 49ers, I think it's a good move just for him personally, because he doesn't have to be out there all the time and he can give his body some rest and allow the other guys to get some rest too. Mm -hmm. Um, I know they made this deal mainly because in the last couple of games that they've lost, especially they have not been getting as much pressure on the quarterback as they wanted, at least compared to the first five games of the season that they were having. So, if you want to throw another body in the rotation to kind of help with, help out with that, I think that's good. Um, you mentioned that uh, his previous Young's previous stats with the Commanders. At least so far this season, he has five sacks in the seven games that he's played in. He's also created 16 incompletions, uh, which is tied for fourth in the NFL this season. Overall, in the 34 games that he has played over the four seasons with the Commanders, he has had 14 sacks, 90 tackles, and six forced fumbles, three of those he recovered himself. So, yeah, for being a first-round pick... You would expect to have more than that over the four seasons that he's been there.
1: I but mean, it's definitely, like,
0: good. I mean, 14 sacks over f- four seasons. Yeah. I mean, that's three sacks a season, which isn't
1: right. what you like would I said, want. Like I it's good.
0: Yeah, but again, if he wasn't injured, who knows what he would have had. But he sure. had, like, a complete, like... He missed a whole year, I'm pretty sure. ACL tear or something like that with some other ligament damage that he had from that same injury. So he's had to come back from that. Um, Young was going to be a free agent after the season anyway, so the uh, commanders decided not to pick up his fifth-year option because of it. So, I mean, if they were looking at potentially have to signing him, like you had mentioned, uh, to more money than what he was potentially worth because of his injuries, that would have put them in a pretty bad spot for next season for cap space, like you mentioned. So it's good that they're offloading him. Now it just brings up that point to, well, the 49ers already pay Oh. The most at any Shit, position for any team in the entire league anyway. So who knows what position they'll be in next year, depending on how well he does. Next oh, story for football, Josh McDaniels is
1: fired. And the general manager. Was oh, the, and the GM was too? Yeah, the like the football operations oh. person. I think yeah. it's the general manager. Okay. Yeah, I was actually, I'll let you say whatever you piece you have on it um there's two different
0: things i want to talk about uh relating to this but the first one just being that he was fired last friday or not last friday last tuesday after the poor performance against the detroit lions and monday night football uh, where the raiders dropped to three and five overall they're now four and five with their um interim head coach winning his first game yesterday on sunday um, but Josh McDaniels is twenty and thirty three overall as a head coach. He went eleven and seventeen with the Broncos uh, between two thousand and nine and two thousand and ten, where he was fired before the end of the twenty ten season with the Broncos, uh, and he was nine and sixteen with the Raiders, where he went six and eleven last season, and then three and five this season before he was fired. Um, he did inherit a ten and seven team before Josh Gruden was fired because of his scandal that occurred, um, along with a playoff berth uh, in McDaniel's first, quote, season, which he didn't get any of the accolades for that anyway. Josh Gruden got him to that point before he got fired. So that's all I really want to talk about for my point on Josh Daniels. The second point I'll bring up after you're finished.
1: With Josh McDaniels, I'm kind of happy just because... I don't think he's head coach material. I just don't. He's had
0: he's a great offensive coordinator, it seems yeah. like.
1: He's had a couple opportunities and shit the bed on all of them. I did read an article that was talking about it that did bring up the point that there's been plenty of head coaches that if you give them time, they succeed. If you look at Dan Campbell at Detroit, he's mm-hmm. a prime example of what can happen because I think he was 4-19 before they finally started winning. Probably. Um, so, I mean, I, I respect that. I do. But you look at just what's happened over the course since he's been here like the one nice thing is they got Devonte adams but you look at how much that relationship has been soured mm-hmm. over the course of that and getting rid of Derek carr who for jimmy g and darren waller to the giants darren waller i can kind of understand um but you're trading a really good quarterback in Derek carr who just hasn't had a great defense up till this point? Like he's he's his defenses have gotten better, mm-hmm. um, but you trade him for Jimmy Garoppolo, who was in a 49er system that is good. We've talked about that before with Brock Purdy, right? Like Kyle Shanahan knows what he's doing;
0: he can make any quarterback win. Exactly. And that's exactly what all of his stats point to. Of Like, no matter who's leading the system, Mm -hmm. the system will carry you through.
1: And that was kind of the point of this article, was when you're looking at what Jimmy Garoppolo has done since he's been there, there's no more selling Jimmy G because no one's going to buy him anymore. True. Because you look at what he's been doing. First of all, he's injury prone Mm -hmm. like any other person it's uh, just terrible. It's I mean, so bad.
0: Yeah, going back to the Derek Carr decision of why would you get rid of Derek Carr, who, yeah, he's had injuries, but he's tough. Yeah. He's fucking tough.
1: Yeah, and He'll play through shit. His Jimmy injuries does not. have only been some one major one, but he's had just minor injuries. But yeah. Garoppolo's out for like half a season when he like stubs his toe. True. So that, along with even when he was in New England, he didn't look great. He looked great good but Mm -hmm. not great when he was in uh, san francisco he looked better but again the The system system leads to that so mcdaniel's just wanted to be reunited with this guy from the patriots Uh, another part of the article was talking about how many former patriots he's brought over so he has no creativity he doesn't really know who to pick he's just writing belichick's coattails so to me this makes a lot of sense I read something yesterday that was talking about Mark Davis the owner of the Raiders mm-hmm. and what he did apparently there was a players meeting that um, they' they were talking to uh, Mark Davis about like their issues and then their now interim coach um, mm-hmm. was in there trying to pump him up and he used the um, the Giants from whatever year it was that they beat the undefeated Patriots oh seven yeah and how like that was a nine and seven team and they came back and they ended up winning the whole thing beating the undefeated Patriots and all that stuff and apparently um Josh McDaniels took exception to that and pulled him aside and said don't talk about the Patriots like that (laughs) It's okay bro Right, which, you know, I get. You You have a love for the Patriots because you worked there for a long time. You, you're connected to them. But this is your team. Yeah. If it's going to get your guys going and it's going to get them jacked, then great. Well, apparently Mark Davis heard that, ended up firing him. And to me, I was actually talking to my fiance about this, is that I think it's awesome that you have an owner willing to shell out $85 million and say, this is my fuck up mm-hmm. to your players. Yeah. You're, you're proving to your players you care about them and you want them to succeed. And you're going to do whatever it takes f- for them to stick around and be happy. As to billion- me, that's important.
0: As billionaires go, he seems like a good billionaire. Uh, his haircut's weird as shit. Well, I mean, that's what helps me point to, oh, he seems like a good guy. Because he doesn't give a shit about his appearance. <laughs> he doesn't give a shit about anything. Besides no. the fact that he just, I think, likes the game and wants to do the best for his players. Mm-hmm. Which, which is good. The other thing I wanted to hit on, you kind of talked about it, is the connection that McDaniels has to Belichick, the Patriots, that system, and then the coaching tree. I'm sure you've seen talks about the Belichick coaching tree. Very little. Um, It's not good in the sense of like you seeing these very successful coordinators and assistant coaches from Bill Belichick's Patriots teams over the years and then them going off on their own to be head coaches and just not being good at it at (laughs) all. So I just want to do a rundown of the different, uh, assistants or coordinators that then became head coaches in their overall records. So Josh McDaniels, 20 and 33 losing record, Romeo, uh, 32 and 63 losing record. Eric Maggini, 33 and 47 losing record. Uh, Matt Patricia, 13, 29, and 1, losing record. Uh, Jim Schwartz is 29 and 51, another losing record. And then Joe Judge is 10 and 21, losing record. So none of them have a good, uh, I guess, coaching career outside of the Patriots with Belichick. The only three that you can say have at least somewhat of a good successful career is Brian Flores, who was 24 and 25 with the Dolphins before he got fired. Who knows where he would have been by now with how well they've drafted and been playing so far. Bill O'Brien is 52-48, and 48, but he's back with the Patriots right now as an offensive coordinator. So, yep. you know, I guess just over 50% for him. And then Brian Dable, who is with the New York Giants, is 11-13-1 and one as of right now. And you can say those are the ones that have had success as head coaches. Yeah. Everyone else... Uh, obviously, is not anywhere near what Belichick is as a head coach, which is I would guess you shouldn't compare him to Bill Belichick because well, that's a hard comparison.
1: When you're also looking at it too with the talk right now with Belichick being on the hot seat, mm-hmm. is how much of that was actually Brady, Brady compared to Belichick? Oh
0: yeah, I mean you look at uh, Belichick before Brady, barely over 500 or roughly 500 yeah, he was record with the Browns. Yeah. yeah, and then since uh Brady has left has struggled to maintain a 500% winning average. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, maybe it's not that far off of a comparison of like,
1: oh, well, this guy is good because he won a lot of games with a outstanding quarterback. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Belichick is going to go down in NFL history as one of the best coaches out there. Yeah. But I I'm even being a Patriots fan and I defended Belichick for years. I mean, looking at it now, it's like how good is he actually as a defensive guy? Oh, I'm yeah. sure he's I'm oh, sure he's yeah. great. Great defensive. He
0: mind. also I think knows how to manage football games, which Agreed. as a head coach, if you can understand that your role is to kind of diversify priorities to different head coaches, of like all right, well the offensive guy is going to do his job with the offense, defense will run defense, special teams does their thing, right? Then he just needs to be a manager of all facets of the game and then make the correct calls. Over the course of his history, I'd say Belichick has done a great job of managing games because that's what he does. He's also, I mean, kind of a fucking guru with understanding how defense lines up against offense.
1: Yeah. I mean, he, he's really smart in that aspect. He has been good in the past with drafting well yeah. mm-hmm. and knowing when to let guys go um, or when to pick guys up. He does have a good sense of teams i will say that's kind of diminished over the past few years when we've been drafting punters like every fucking year yeah why i don't know um but yeah i mean he, he will definitely go down is one of the best coaches ever but offensively i don't know if you can attain that to him i think that's more brady
0: oh i'm sure brady can get you out of situations yeah i mean he went to the bucks and the bucks roster didn't change that much when he got there
1: and they, and they won immediately
0: Bowl. won a Super Bowl. Yeah. So, you know, he elevates a lot of people. Uh, last little bit of football news before we move into basketball. I want to talk about yet another injury uh, to the league with Daniel Jones tearing his ACL. Um, an MRI earlier this morning actually showed that he is out for the rest of the season with a torn ACL in his right knee. Uh, he was out for the previous three games due to a neck injury. Anyway, so he wasn't doing much this season. Uh, he's thrown for two touchdown passes and six interceptions in the six games that he had appeared in this season. Uh, the Giants will now have to rely on either Tommy DeVito or Matt Barkley as their starters, since backup Tyrod Taylor may be out for the rest of the season due to a rib injury. So the Giants look like they're pretty fucked for the rest of the year. Yep. Um, for the remainder of this season, uh, I think going into the next season, uh, Jones is still guaranteed $35.5 million, even though he's injured and basically just gets to sit on the couch or the sideline for the rest of the year. Um, after that, he only gets $23 million per year oh, uh, for guaranteed injury. Yeah. So, you know, still outrageous. And then we talked about this of like how he's not worth this money. Well, if he gets injured, literally the next season, not even halfway through, he gets injured and they have to pay him out for this.
1: Yeah, he was on my fantasy team. I dropped him because he was dog shit. He
0: is dog shit. I mean, he's not worth much of anything. Um, I'm forgetting the name of the guy that just got traded from the Cardinals to the fucking Vikings. Dobbs. Dobbs. He's worth more yep. than I think. Yep. I took Daniel him on Jones my fantasy is.
1: team and I forgot to start him and he got twenty four points and I fucked up. Yeah. I mean he seems way more savvy than
0: Daniel Jones is. Yeah. He came in not knowing any of the receivers' names, really. Yep. Or anything besides the offensive game plan for yep. plays. <laughs> and he still beat... Who did they play? The Falcons? Yes. They, and they beat the Falcons. Um, the New York Giants are currently averaging 11.2 points per game, which is dead last in the NFL.
1: Hey, at least they're scoring more than Iowa. Kind of.
0: Well, I think Iowa technically still has a higher points per game average, but... Not by much. (laughs) (laughs) All right, basketball news. We only really have a couple of things. Yes. But James Harden was officially traded. Uh, He is being sent to the LA Clippers. The 10-time All-Star guard is now going to be paired with uh, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Russell Westbrook, who was a former teammate of his with the Thunder and the Houston Rockets. Yes. The 76ers sent Harden. P.J. Tucker and Philip Petruvis. Yeah, I don't know that one. Uh, to the Clippers for Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, Nick Badham, Batum, K.J. Martin, Pat- Batum, Batum, Batum. Uh, K.J. Martin, a 2028 unprotected first round pick, two second round picks, a 2029 pick swap and an additional first round pick for the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Clippers are also sending a 2027 first round pick swap to Oklahoma city, uh, clearing the way for the thunder to move to a unprotected 2026 first round pick with the 76ers. Uh, and the, uh, Clippers are also sending a 2024 and a 2029 second round pick to the Sixers, uh, in the deal as well. So, what are your thoughts on James Harden yet again uh, he's crying not crying baby? Much. Yeah, crying baby and then going to a team because he feels like he's worth more.
1: He's not worth that much. Any any no. sports head that you talk to nowadays understands that he is a shell. To be fair, of what he it was, was
0: him and two other players that were part of this trade deal. Yeah. But it's
1: I mean they made it work, but it's just, it's ridiculous. Um, he's just a melodramatic drama queen. Mm-hmm. And I can't stand him because he's good. I He was fantastic at one point. He was unstoppable, but he's not that. With the Rockets, I'd say he was his yeah. prime. He he left a good thing because he thought he could have greener pastures. And so he went to teams that were contenders. So right after the Rockets, he went to the Nets. Mm-hmm. Then with the super team that they were having, yep. Then, then he was getting too much because uh, you had the Kyrie issue, and then you had Durant's injuries. Mm-hmm. So he was carrying the load, and he's like, "I can't do this anymore." Then he goes, then he demands a trade, gets to the 76ers. He's not carrying the load anymore because it's on Embiid, and he's not getting enough attention, and he's not being the focal point. So then he's now saying, "Oh, I'm not being utilized enough. I'm I'm a system." You were just complaining that you were. Being used too much. Now you're being now you're complaining that you're not being used enough. In the way that he wants, yeah. Right. What do you want? Do you just want to run the team? Because that will never happen. You no. are not that guy. You're not MJ. And now you're not LeBron. No. And now that you're going to a team with now three other superstars, past, present, future, whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Russell Westbrook are all superstars at one point. What fiddle do you think you're going to play? Because it's not first. No. Kawhi you're and Paul playing, George are getting before You're playing beforehand. three or four. Yeah. Because it's going to it's gonna go Paul George and Kawhi Leonard one and two any given night. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to go you and Westbrook, Westbrook three and four every other night. So that's not going to be enough for you. You're going to start crying again. Yeah. And guess what? As much as I love Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and Russell Westbrook because of how hard they play and they're such good two-way players the Clippers have proven time and time again with this team that they can't get it done because they can't stay healthy. True. So guess what? Harden, they're going to get injured. You're going to have to carry more load. And then what's going to happen is that you're going to get the blame because what's going to happen is there's going to be a storyline about how these guys can't play in the playoffs because they're injured. Then there's going to be another storyline where you can't get it done and you always choke in the playoffs. And then you're going to cry and you're going to demand a trade to another team. What other contender do you want? You're going to ask probably for the Bucks. You're probably going to ask for the Miami. Lakers. You're probably going to ask for Miami. Mm-hmm. And guess what? You're going to go there, and the same thing will happen. It, and it always comes back to this. You go to other places, right? And you're, you're finding the same problems. Maybe the problem is you. I would 100% say the problem is him. I couldn't agree more. Because when you look at the 76ers, people might say, well, the 76ers are the problem because it happened with Ben Simmons and it happened with James Harden. Mm -hmm. No, it's not. It's with the players. Yes. Because you look at what happened with Ben Simmons in uh, Brooklyn, same kind of situation. Like, when you think you are better than what you are without proving you are better than what you are, and then you start crying because you're not getting what you want, you are the problem.
0: He's also been in the league for, you know, 14, 15 yeah. seasons now. You're not you, the same player. You, you're not the same player. You also probably do not have much longer no. in the league. I mean, if you come up, it's. I would say it's very rare to have a, a player make it 20-plus years, like LeBron or Vince Carter. I would
1: say it's getting more common because of it's how sure well these work. guys take care of their body. Yeah. On top of that, with all the rest that they've had, the mm-hmm. load management which thankfully the nba is trying to get rid of um i think it's becoming more common because you look at kd and he it looks like he can play for another six years right he's on year 15 no 17 was he 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 came in the league in 05 was he in the league in 05 is 05 or 06 when he got drafted Mm -hmm. at latest 07 but he's in the 15 and over year he's 35 He's 35, but his his year in the league is like 15 or over. He came in in 07, so he came in just two years before. Okay, so 16. Yeah. This is his 17th year. Yeah. Duke can easily play for another three years at a high level. Yeah. So when everyone's talking about, like, look at what Rollins is doing at year 21, KD can do probably something very similar if, if his body stays healthy. Yeah. Right? I think that's becoming more of a trend. James Harden, on the other hand, he's had too many leg injuries, and he... When he cries wolf, he, he gets out of shape, you're just going to hurt yourself. Yeah. He's not playing 20 years. No. He can't play 20 years. He's going to be like Vince Carter, who can't jump and is still a decent role player. Mm-hmm. But the difference is uh, Carter knew his role at year 21. Oh, he his
0: facet of what he did in the game or how he was utilized mm-hmm. changed as he got older. And, and he, he
1: was perfectly fine with it and even in year 14 like he still had flashes of the old vince carter and he was still a decent role player but mm-hmm. by year 21 putting up 10 points a game almost great but and he I but think, he was fine with it yeah, he seemed fine with it james harden will be in year 19 if he makes it that long and be like i i want to be number one option he gets one number one option for one game i i don't want to be number one option too much load yeah, I can't stand the guy. I yeah. can't. I can't fucking do it.
0: It's just more more melodrama. And I think he had a very good thing going with the 76ers for at least how he, he can contribute to the team and then how well the team has kind of been built around Embiid. And, you know, obviously it's going to be a lot harder with you having to co- constantly compete with the Bucks and the Celtics every year. Um, but I think it's better than competing with L.A., Denver, Golden State Phoenix, right? The list is a little bit longer on the west than it was on the east. So I think it's at least good trade for whoever, I don't know. He's not going to like it as much, I don't think. No,
1: he's not. He's going to like it for a little bit and then he's going to start crying.
0: Yeah. He'll like the LA style. Which he's from California anyway. So I'm sure he's more looking to get closer back to where he grew up anyway. Uh last little bit of basketball news. Bob Knight dies at age 83. No more chairs, (laughs) no more chairs. I think it would be funny if sometime during this, uh,
1: season
0: college basketball season, every, uh, team that plays Indiana just decides to throw a chair out in the court. I think that'd be funny just in (laughs) honor of him. Uh, he is a three time or was a three time national champion, uh, Infamous for his hot-headedness. He was hospitalized earlier this year in April, uh, but has been in poor health ever since and for several years prior. Some fun facts about Bob Knight. He became the youngest coach in Division I basketball in 1965 when he was head coach at Army at the age of 24. Uh, He won a school record 661 games at Indiana and reached the NCAA tournament 24 times in his 29 seasons. Knight's first NCAA title came in 1976 when Indiana went undefeated, a feat that no team has accomplished since then. Uh, He has a career record of 902 and 371. So he is the uh, sixth winningest coach in NCAA basketball history. Um, I also want to say out of those like 29 seasons, 20 or something of those seasons, he won 20 or more games pretty outrageous number yeah even when he got fired from indiana in the kind of earlier 2000s and he went to texas tech for six seasons in those six seasons five of those they won 20 or more games which would never happen in texas tech basketball history until the point he got there (laughs) so pretty damn good coach yeah obviously a very big hothead
1: yeah big loss for the basketball community
0: yeah Iowa sports news. Uh, I want to talk about the Iowa versus Northwestern football game. Let's Um, do that last. You want to do that last? Yeah. Okay. So we'll start with the good news. (laughs) Uh, Iowa women's soccer wins the Big Ten tournament championship. Yes. Um, They were an underdog entering the tournament, and I want to say they weren't necessarily that good throughout conference play throughout the entire season, but they can call themselves co-Big Ten champions. Iowa women's wrestling uh, wins their first duel. Uh, They're ranked number eight, and they beat number seven, East Strasburg. Who the fuck's number one? I don't know. I'd have to look, to be honest. I just saw that Iowa was ranked number eight, and they beat the number seven ranked team. And they beat them 43 to one.
1: Yeah, they demolished them.
0: Yeah, they had like six champions, three pins in their dual meet. It was pretty outrageous. Um, So if this continues, which hopefully it does because we obviously want Iowa to be known for the best wrestling college in the country, because they have a pedigree of being that. And I think the women can accomplish it. Uh, that's a good way to start. Yeah. That's a really good way to start. Um, did you want to do other sports and then come back to Iowa? Yeah. Okay.
1: Really quick. Well,
0: so the other sports we want to talk about is that the World Series is officially over. It ended last Wednesday. Gentleman's sweep. Yeah. Uh, Diamondbacks versus the Rangers. The Rangers win in a 4-1 to gentlemen's sweep against the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Rangers are, in their first time in franchise history, World Series champions. So congratulations to the Texas Rangers.
1: The only team in Texas that hasn't won a championship?
0: The Texans. Houston Texans. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, if they get Deshaun back, who knows?
1: You know, CJ Stratford's doing a lot better.
0: He is doing a lot better. Um, he had a rookie record set yesterday 470
1: yards and five touchdowns
0: yep so congrats to him well, he looked, my fantasy team yeah <laughs> is he did you have him starting yep well that's a lot of points yeah yeah that's, yeah. that's Different good
1: fantasy team otherwise i would have maybe won my league this week but my other league i demolished
0: well well if you have a starting quarterback throw for almost 500 yards and five touchdowns that's yeah. and no interceptions yeah that's pretty good yeah that's good all right, so on to the bad news. Iowa versus Northwestern. I mean, the good news, they won. Right. 10-7. to 7, Yep. And they improved to 7-2 overall, 4-2 uh, in the Big Ten, and they're in the driver's seat for the Big Ten West again because Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Nebraska lost on Saturday. So that was a very good day oh, for me. Oh,
1: dude, let me tell you what. That was great for my wallet. Oh,
0: that was a great day for me just because um, I was inebriated that day, and I'm watching the uh, second half of the Iowa game, and I'm like, okay, cool, 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 and I'm getting more inebriated as the game goes on, and I'm feeling really good. Iowa pulls it out. I'm like, awesome. And then I check ESPN, and I'm like, sweet, Wisconsin and um, Nebraska lost earlier today. That's awesome. And then I watch the end of the Illinois-Minnesota game, and I'm like, fuck, yeah, Minnesota lost too. So
1: I couldn't watch the game because it was only on Peacock? Yeah. I was I was pissed.
0: I was at uh, a different thing earlier that afternoon. That started at 2, so I missed the first half of the game, but I watched most of the second half on Peacock. I I bought a a membership or a subscription just for that game.
1: Yeah, no, I didn't. I just tracked it on ESPN Mm -hmm. on the GameCast, which was really annoying.
0: Yeah, I hate following things on GameCast, to be honest. you
1: know, I did it once, called it good. We ended up winning. Um, So I had a couple parlays going throughout the day i had bet on every single big 10 game and then if obviously if one fails i don't get paid out mm-hmm. i was right on every fucking game except for nebraska and wisconsin
0: you had wisconsin winning and then nebraska winning yes okay yeah which seems logical oh yeah i mean um wisconsin played indiana yep. and nebraska played michigan state, michigan state. Yeah. both
1: lost by his touchdown mm-hmm. or less yeah so that was Michigan
0: State's first conference win, by the yeah.
1: way. Yeah. So that was great. Um, I think it was Indiana's too. Might have been. Uh, had to have been. So
0: I doubt they beat anyone else.
1: Yeah. So that sucked. But I did another bet later, and instead of choosing the first three games of the night, I chose Iowa, oh. Illinois, uh, Michigan, and Penn State. Mm-hmm. Um, All those came out. Yes, it did. So I got I, I got money. There you go. But the one that irritated me is I also bet more money on the Iowa game, under the 30 and a half points. But I changed it to under 34 just to give myself a little cushion. Yeah. But I had Iowa pulling the money line, so winning. And then I also had Northwestern scoring over 12 and a half points.
0: You thought Iowa was going to score at least two touchdowns?
1: I thought their defense could have. And I thought our offense would have thrown it to them and then score. So I was hoping for... Northwestern scored thirteen, you know. Yeah. Touchdown and two field goals. That seems doable, right? Yeah. Nope.
0: They're should have done the under. There were ten points that Iowa did miss out on. They missed a field goal early in the first half. That is true. And then they uh Deacon Hill had an interception in the end zone that if it was a better place ball, he probably could have gotten a touchdown on it. So yeah it was it was
1: the opposite shoulder of what he needed to throw.
0: yeah, so that's ten points that you know you could have probably added to Iowa that could have helped you out a little bit there
1: Well, I don't I didn't need Iowa to score more. You I just needed Northwestern, Northwestern to score more than I would have win. yeah,
0: so what I'm telling you is like if right. Iowa got those yeah. 10 extra points, then what I'm about to talk to you about if Northwestern actually converted it right would have been perfect for you it was yeah, it was frustrating. uh the offense uh, again looked anemic. Uh, yeah. Iowa has sixty five yards passing. And 104 yards rushing, which 104 is decent. But for attempts, they were averaging just over two yards per attempt. Right. So not very good there. Uh, here's a fun little fact for you. Over the last three seasons in college football, uh, all teams are 4-49 when the offense has less than 170 total yards. Uh, uh, was those four? Iowa accounts for all four of those wins. <laughs> so I don't – hey <laughs> – cool <laughs> like awesome um that's a hu- embarrassing stat yeah, oh my god but it's, it's impressive but it's, it's impressive i mean to be four and 49 and all four of those wins are iowa hey you know what kirk Farens if you know how to win in a phone booth that's it yeah no shit uh defense was absolutely outstanding yet again it could have been a, a shutout to be honest If Jamari Harris had knocked out the solo touchdown throw, it was very close. He had his arms kind of up in there with the receiver, but the receiver was just able to pull it down. Um, Held Northwestern to 89 passing yards and 81 rushing yards. Jay Higgins is a fucking monster. He is a dog. So if anyone wants to look it up, there was a goal line stand where Northwestern was going to go down to score. It was at that point 7-0. Yep. and they had four opportunities within the one yard line to the second yard line three of those four attempts were within the half yard line so if that tells you anything Iowa did not give up half a yard in three downs which is very impressive with two tush pushes with two tush pushes um the one that i'm really excited about if you watch the play i saw it. and there's a good fucking angle oh, of it man. where it is a Gaping hole that the Northwestern offensive line puts up where their running back, Cam Porter, could have gotten an easy walk-in touchdown. But Jay Higgins fills the gap. And if you want to talk about just fucking tacking, tackling drills. Of, Brick like, wall. If you just get up and you just hit the other guy that's on the other side the of Oklahoma you. The Oklahoma
1: drill. It,
0: it's perfect. If you want to show that <clears throat> as like a perfect scenario of that drill, that's what it is. Because he stood him up right at the yard of the line of scrimmage and just pushed him back it's man on man oh dude. and jay higgins won it and if that doesn't get you fired up oh it's fucking See, i'm mad that i had watch. to watch
1: that on replay because if i watched that <clears throat> live i would have been freaking out i'm
0: telling you i again i was inebriated i watched that live i'm just like fuck yes that's how you do a tackle that's how you stop a run and it was beautiful to watch but like I said, the Iowa's defense stopped Northwestern for four consecutive downs within the two-yard line, three of those being within the half-yard line. Uh, Tory Taylor kind of struggled a little bit this game. I saw that. Uh, he didn't have as many good punts as he normally does. I don't know if it's just – I mean, there wasn't too much wind down on the field. I just He's having an off day, I guess. But you can't be the best punter every day of your life. you got to have some down days drew stevens did miss a field goal earlier in the game like i had mentioned but he did have the game winning field goal of 53 yards with less than 30 seconds left in the game to win 10-7
1: and he did the steph curry celly oh
0: uh beautifully put the crowd to sleep put northwestern to sleep and it was again watching that live i'm like
1: the balls on that kid just turns around just puts his head down sleep yeah he uh I, I saw an article a couple of weeks ago that talked about how he's not going to shy away from long field goals. Dude has a fucking cannon for yeah, a leg.
0: He was good. I mean, I think his longest uh, in his career was only like 54 or 55 so far. We've seen him <laughs> live practicing 60 yarders yeah. and nailing them. And with getting them. extra. And getting them. Uh, to be fair, in that game that we were at where he was practicing 60-yarders, uh, he did miss one. That he also had less... the wind to his back, but that, still, yeah.
1: I'm pretty sure no win. That dude can kick 65. Yeah.
0: If you get him inside of a stadium like most NFL teams, yeah, I think he'll be pretty accurate. Yeah, He's not Justin Tucker, but he's pretty <laughs> good. He, he could. Yeah, I guess he could. <laughs> Uh, that wraps up this week's episode of the sports edition of the Detention Podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, please spread the word and encourage others to listen as well. You can follow us on Twitter, at DetentionPod1, or you can send us an email at DetentionPodcast1 at gmail.com. You can listen to the Detention Podcast on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And with that, your detention has been served. We will see you again next week.